Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Walk With Me. I'm your host, JJ, and it's so good to be back with each and every one of you today. It is so good. I really thank you guys for listening and sharing this program. I I see the numbers. I see it. um, And it's really encouraging me and it's really encouraging us each other that uh, that they are people are finding out about this podcast. And uh, I really do appreciate that. And thank you. You guys can be listening to any other podcast. Uh, be sharing any other podcast, doing you know, any other thing with, over this next few moments, but you decided to just give this podcast a listen, and I can't thank you enough. I can't express enough appreciation to be adequate, but I thank you. I thank you. Um, now, just a quick word from our sponsors. Um, our sponsors are Templar Chronicles 1 New Player. If you are into the sci-fi epic fantasy fiction Without a lot of the fluffiness in it, if you know what I mean, uh, go ahead and check that out. It's on an Amazon. You can get it from Books a Million. You can get it from any other. I've seen it even at Barnes and Noble. So it's there. Uh, just go ahead and take a look at it. Hopefully, leave a good review on it. And hope you like it. Also, our second sponsor is going to be Exquisite Creations with the tumblers and mugs. And and I saw her the other day. She was making. She actually made pens, which was really cool. She's making pens the same way she makes tumblers. And she's making matching sets and just a lot of artistic talent that I could never even hope to pray to even come close to think about having. Just to let you know how serious that is. But when, with that all being said, again, thank you all and welcome. A quick special th- uh, shout out and thanks for Westside Tabernacle and Pastor Roberts for hosting me a couple weeks ago. Uh, we had uh, like a miniature revival and uh, spoke a couple sessions there, a couple services there, and it, it was uh, it was an experience, and I I really do appreciate him and love him and work, love the work he's doing for God. Um, we are going to jump right into our session today because we had a lot to cover, um, and we're going to make a different transition. Okay, so last time we were on our Bible track. As it were, our walk through the Bible. We were coming up onto John the Baptist, and John the Baptist was thrown into prison. This is in the New Testament. And John the Baptist asked the question that sort of brought all of Jesus' ministry into focus and the whys behind why Jesus was doing the things that he did. A lot of times we, we want to say, okay, well, maybe he was just doing these things at random, he was healing random people. He was just doing things just really sort of like willy-nilly. But no, there was a reason behind the he- each individual healing. There was a reason behind each individual miracle. There was a reason behind it. And we'll talk about that today. So, Matthew uh, 14, 3, and 4. Now, if you're new to the podcast or haven't been on the podcast very long, we have a rule here. Uh, and shout out to those who are sending questions. I'm getting to those questions as quickly as possible. Some of those questions I will have to make an episode on because the responses are too long. But we do have a rule here. We do have a rule here. When we get, we have a, uh, 
a scripture reference or something to that effect, you always want to read a verse or two above or the verse or two below, uh, but preferably the whole chapter. Why? Everybody else can say it along with me because context is important. Context is key. This way you know that JJ's not uh, taking the uh, scriptures out of context or twisting them the way he feels like he wants to twist them because, you know, people do that. Some people do that out of misunderstandings, but do it out of evil intent. I don't know why they do it. Some people just don't know better, and they want to, you know, they want to have a new revelation, so to speak. But this is, it's important that we keep the context of the scripture. So we're in Matthew uh, chapter 14. John is in prison. Now, why is John in prison? We will read it. For Herod has laid hold upon John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake. Now Herodias is King his, his brother Philip's wife. For John had said to him, It is unlawful for thee to have her. So basically we have a situation where, and you can probably attest to this right now if you're paying attention, John was put in jail for telling the truth. That's what he was in jail for. He was in jail because he told the truth. And while John was still in jail, uh, he sent his disciples uh, to ask Jesus if Jesus was the one that he, was, he had been preaching about. Now, this actually says quite a few things. Now, John had already baptized Jesus, so John knew exactly what Jesus' ministry was about. God knew who Jesus was. I mean, genealogically speaking, they were cousins. But John was at a, had a crisis of faith because John told the truth and was in jail. And he wanted to know if Jesus was really the Messiah. Now, let's just pause here for station identification. This really tells us a lot about what doing the right thing is not always going to lead to parades and claps from the back. Sometimes you are going to face trouble because you did the right thing. That does not mean that you can now justify doing the wrong thing. Because John was completely justified in telling King Herod that he should not have had his brother's wife. Now, honestly, I don't remember if Philip was dead or if or Herod had actually taken Herodias from Philip. Now, I think it was the latter. Otherwise, John probably wouldn't have said it. But this was a problem. You can't go around telling the truth because you'll offend someone high in power, they'll get mad at you, and they'll throw you in jail. Kind of, it kind of sounds familiar, but again, this is for a different podcast. Jesus answered and said, in Matthew 11, 3 and 6, and now this is a completely different context. He, Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? This is, again, John asking the same question. Jesus answered and said unto him, Go and show John again these things that you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. So here we are. We Now we have the reason why Jesus did each and every 
was no miracles that was just extemporaneously thrown out like flower petals at a wedding. These were their each individual miracle was a reason, was a, was a prophecy that he was fulfilling of his arrival. So, now what you want to do to actually verify this, go back to Isaiah chapter 35, uh, 3 through 6. It's going to talk about that. The, the blind shall see and the deaf shall hear and the lame shall leap as a heart, which in our terminology now, the heart is a deer. H-A-R-T, it's a deer. So, and even in his last verse, John himself is in the wilderness where water shall break out. Those waters breaking out was John preaching about baptizing unto repentance. Waters breaking out in the wilderness. So Jesus had to remind John exactly who he was and why he was doing the things that he was doing. And so now we get really into the heart of Jesus' ministry. The heart of Jesus' ministry was not the miracles, y'all. And I think it's important that we understand that. The heart of Jesus' ministry was not the miracles, was not opening blind eyes, was not uh, healing lame people. Now, will Jesus do that? No, he absolutely can. He absolutely will. But the heart of his ministry was about salvation. And, and to that end, you know, some of the Jewish people thought when Jesus, when the Messiah was coming, they thought that he was going to come in on like some some white horse from from some uh, linear uh, noble family and, and sort of, you know, do an uprising against the Roman oppression. They, they wanted to put Jesus in a box. They wanted to define Jesus for themselves. So they were taking Isaiah 35 and 4 out of context. Now we were just talking about Isaiah 35, 3 through 6. So they were taking Isaiah 34 out of 35 and 4 out of context. And this is why, again, context is key. And they built an entire belief system that this Messiah was going to come, come, come and just arrive on the scene and save Israel, not from their sins, but from Roman oppression. So, Jesus had to specifically say this several times. John 18 and 36. And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. All right, JJ, transfer that to the English. Translate that to me. Basically, he's saying he's about to go to the cross. And if this was, if this was the his will, his servants, his disciples would just get up, and there would be an insurrection, or there would be a, a revolution against Rome, and, and they would save Jesus from going to the cross. But the purpose of Jesus going to the cross was not for this earthly kingdom, it was for the kingdom of heaven. And and he kind of goes on in Mark one and fifteen. And he's talked about what what actually qualifies someone to be into the kingdom of heaven. And saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye. There it is. There's the, one of the qualifiers to getting into the kingdom of heaven. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So it wasn't like Jesus was coming to be a part of a political party or a political movement. This was not about that, and this is why 
um, it's important that we keep these things separate. This is a kingdom of heaven issue, not a kingdom of the world. And we have to be careful when, and I, I, it seems like I keep gravitating toward the subject today. We have to keep focused that our fight is to get into heaven, not, in, not to get into power here on earth, because that power pleads. And we already know what happens to earth. We already know what, what happens. And we'll talk about that more later. Now, Jesus, even though Jesus was God manifest in the flesh, Jesus was tempted and he felt the same things that we feel. He felt everything that we felt. He went through a lot of things that we went through, even some of the, the self-doubt and the self-consciousness that we go through. But yet he was born without sin. Hebrews uh, 4, 15 and 16, it says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. All right, JJ, translate that. Bro, he was a guy, he 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 was a fleshly person just like we are. Except he was God manifest in the flesh. We're not God manifest in the flesh. But he was God manifest in the flesh. But was in all point tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the help of time of need. Now, I'm not sure if you know the same type of people that I know, but we always like to quote, let us come boldly before the throne of grace. Let us come boldly before the throne of grace. But no one wants to talk about the being yet without sin part. No one wants to talk about obtaining mercy and finding grace in the time of need. Now, what are we talking about? We're not talking about a monetary need. We're talking about a spiritual need. We're talking about a, uh, a uh, sort of like a, a heavenly need. And Jesus never refused anyone. His invitation was this. John 7, 37-39. In that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and to drink. And he that believeth on me as the scripture, scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 39, and this is most important, but this spake he of the Spirit, that which they which that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, Jesus has been speaking about this Holy Spirit thing, this Holy Ghost thing for a while, but it hadn't happened yet because Jesus had not gone to the cross. Now, so if that's the case, and, and this is where the whole Trinitarian doctrine sort of takes a bit of a hit, but I'm not going to hit on it just, just right now. But one thing cannot happen without the other. We would never have the Holy Ghost if Jesus had never gone to the cross. And a lot of people will think that this invitation is a blanket invitation. Or or that's in that God would even abandon people who don't believe the gospel. Now, that belief system is, is not really based in truth. In, in fact, Jesus gave the parameters, as the scripture has said, which means you have to literally uh, follow be able to follow the scripture. In doing what he said. That's how you believe on him. It's not like I could just 
walk into the bank and rob the bank and then say, I believe in the Lord Jesus, as the scripture has said, and then still get away. You still got to face consequences for that. Now, as far as the abandonment is concerned, and this is where I get a lot of people in, in, the, uh, in the inbox. Oh, and, and by the way, let me just pause here. If you have questions, feel free. Do not, do not feel shy or anything. Go ahead and send it to uh, walkwithmebiblestudy at gmail.com. Study at gmail.com. If you do not want your name listed, leave the subject blank. Okay, leave the subject blank. If you want your name addressed on the podcast, put your name in the subject line. I think that's easy. So, and, okay, now the reason why I said that, because a lot of times I get uh, messages and where they talk about how God abandons people. <laughs> Let's get this straight, everybody. He literally came and hung on the cross and died. He, he literally just died. He felt he felt the, the pain of death for you. He is not abandoning you. It's you who are abandoning him. Because the, the Bible does say the spirit should not always strive with man. But if you make a conscious choice over and over, repeatedly, to not do what the scripture said, then God is not going to uh, continue to chase after you to beg for you to believe in him. And I know that sounds a little harsh, but it is absolutely true. And so if you get to a point where, um, and a lot of times you'll see it in the scripture where the spirit of God lives from you. And Matthew talks about how the spirit has departed from a man. This is where people get that God abandonment theory. But we, what we're not seeing is that the reason why that has happened is because that person has been has been grieving the Holy Ghost so long, and they sort of turned the grace of God into lasciviousness, as you know, as the Scripture says. And God is not going to keep fighting. He's not. You, you're going to make the choice to. Follow him as the scripture says, and do the right thing and repent of your sins and get baptized in Jesus' name and get the Holy Ghost, or you make your choice in whatever you want to believe. God's not going to slap you upside the head and keep you from believing whatever you want to believe. And I, again, I get it. I get it. JJ, that sounds harsh. I understand. But it is true. And when we come to God, we have to come to God the way He says He wants us to come. We're coming boldly before the throne of grace and trying to obtain mercy. But we are also repenting. You're not just going to come boldly before, before the throne of grace. And, I, and believe it or not, I've seen this happen. I've seen literally people and pray that they could take somebody else's significant other. I mean, and be bold about it. Friend, you can't pray sin. And if you pray sin and it happens, you are for a world of hurt because you were not delivered that sin by God. And I, and I know, I've seen that too. People literally stand up and bring God into their foolishness. God gave me that husband. No, 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 he didn't. <laughs> that husband was somebody else's husband first. That wife was somebody else's wife while you was over there praying for that wife. And that's not, that's the whole problem. So, Walking the fine line there, and you know what? 
those things will bear itself out when you start finding out <laughs> why that's a not such a good thing. And I'll leave it at that. But so here we have the real reason why Jesus' ministry was around. Why Jesus' ministry was here. He was about repentance and it's about saving the individual soul. It was not rescuing a political situation. It was not uh, delivering people from uh, earthly oppression. It was it was about saving the individual soul and changing the direction of the world, actually. And this was a, a beginning of the change of the disposition from uh, the disposition of grace into the disposition of mercy. Remember how we talked about in the beginning about the, the seven dispensations? And it, there are those are the seven main dispensations, dispensations that you should be worried about. Not everybody is talking about every Tuesday the new dispensation. And I don't want to go down that path, but that usually that usually doesn't sit well. But without all that being said, repentance, being born again, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, that is the heart of Jesus' ministry. And next week, we're going to get started on exactly what that is and why it was important and why Jesus stressed it so much. All right? So, uh, that being said, I thank you guys for listening. We're going to let you guys go early today because it's a Friday and it's a great Friday. So, um, listen, if you if you like this uh, podcast, share it with somebody, let somebody know. And also, you know what was really good? If you just see somebody and give them a smile. So many people are looking angry and upset today, these days. Everybody's mad about something. Just smile. Tell them, tell them, have a great day. I, I, I know there's some people who preach against that, but tell them, have a great day. Tell them, Jesus loves you. And if they lose their mind, they lose their mind. It is what it is, but... Eventually, when they sit down in that quiet part, the quiet time, they're going to remember that. And maybe God can use that, you know, to, you know, help start changing some people's lives. All right? There's people who are fighting things that we don't see because they're fighting this thing internally. Just the question about why are they here and nobody would miss them if they were gone and that kind of thing. So just give them a pat and a look. You know, soft boys, hey, God loves you. Have a great day. Or let your light shine through other things. Do other ways, all right? God bless y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Y'all have a great day. Love y'all. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got this friend of the words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason.